Alright y'all, um, welcome back to A Light in the Sky, the 4400 Review. I am your co-host, Rain Coleman, the Carefree Black Nerd, and I have with me, as every time this show comes on, my illustrious, wonderful, extremely talented, uh, yeah, y'all know. <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? 4,400 for life. That, there we go. Full life. Yeah, 4,400. Ah, uh, um, yeah, guys. So when you're listening to this episode, please use that hashtag AL4400. That will be in the show notes. Um, and let us know what you're thinking. Make this a conversation. Um, a light in the sky. This is the official, well, the Carefree Black Nerd official, but the official 4,400 <laughs> review podcast. Probably the only one out there. Uh, um, thanks to Robert, this is even happening. Gosh damn it! <laughs> it's um, the only thing I've contributed to the world, bruh. Oh, oh I, that's highly doubtful. Yeah, this man awards and workshops and and kickstarters under you, but man, sure, sure. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so yeah, so you can find me on Twitter, Carefree Blurred. Everywhere else, Carefree Black Nerd. And if you're listening to this, more than likely you're listening to the other shows. If not, check the shows before and after this on the feed. Let me know what you think. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Everything that every podcast tell you to do, you know what's up. <laughs> so, Robert, where can they find you on the uh, on the internet? Uh, the best place is always robertkjeffrey.com. That's robertkjeffrey.com. And also, if you want to visit blackside-fi.com, that's blackside-fi.com. We are one of the most, probably one of the most preeminent websites that focuses on, you know, black folks' <laughs> contributions to the areas of speculative fiction mm-hmm. and stimulated topics. And, you know, we try to give you current news about, you know, the indie and mainstream um just stuff, comics, movies, television, and, you know, just real-world applications of sciences, and uh, just all, all things uh, blurred and geek. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And y'all, of course, those links will be in the show notes. If you're new here, let us know what you're thinking. If you're not new here, still let us know what you're thinking. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, so we're doing Season 2, Episode 3, Voices Carry. I'm going to let you know up front. I thought this was season two, episode three, the Dark Phoenix Saga. <laughs> I, the origin of Jean Grey, the gender bent, race bent Jean Grey. Um, bro, I, I didn't like this episode. You didn't like <laughs> it? Okay. No, well, no, no, no. Let me let me rephrase that. I liked this episode. I thought it was really good. Um, as far as it, the way it was shot, the I mean, it it just feels like a forty four hundred show. So I liked it, but I did yeah. not like what happened in the show. I'll say that. Okay. But I did enjoy the show. That I enjoyed watching it both times. Yeah. But yeah, I got some thoughts, man. You already know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and I, and I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's like um, you know, you know, myself and the internet, we lost our shit about Game of Thrones this week. I'm a <laughs> I'm dating. I'm dating this. It's cool. Uh, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm dating this uh, episode, but um, you know, this last episode, you know, I can't even say I. 
I liked how the episode was shot. <laughs> <laughs> I liked one moment from the uh, from This is the Game of Thrones episode, but uh-huh. overall, I was like, what fuckery is this? Bruh. Not a fan. I don't know if you're watching it or if you're caught up or if you're even a fan, but um, but I can understand you saying that what how you felt about this episode was how the world felt about <laughs> Game of Thrones episode. Five Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Whew. Yeah. This uh, this was some shit. What I mean. I mean, as far as you know, with this, um, you know, rewatching it, I it was I the thing that stands out to me is the you know the new abilities that that are popping up and how this is not following the whole. I just love the fact that it's not following the whole thing of like this person gets these abilities and now needs to go out and use them for the betterment mm-hmm. of the world. No, this dude found out he had abilities and was reading like pictures like mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a baseball player he was just like oh man I, I know what pitch is coming my way mm-hmm. I can get it mm-hmm. I want to go to the majors that's mm-hmm. kind of what I liked about it um, you know there were some acting scenes which were kind of weird but you know overall if you know general impressions one out of ten this might be like a six or a seven yeah you know, if I'm doing that yeah that's the that's the best Best way to apply. I mean, but we'll we'll get into specifics. Yeah, uh, I I just wasn't a fan. Like it 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 had I had mixed emotions, um, because oddly enough, I loved Maya in this episode. Okay. And everybody else, I hated. Like I I hated everybody, and I was so surprised. And I think because she's getting older, she's a better actress this go round. Um, she still does some weird shit, but all in all, I think Maya was my favorite mm-hmm. outside of gender bent, race bent, Jean Grey. That's my absolute favorite. But I, <laughs> I, I, we just got to get into it because this was some shit, boy. Everybody. Okay. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let me, I'll, I'll, I'll open it up with, um, okay, so the first thing, you know, we, we do the, um, we have our cerebral file of um, <laughs> different 4400 members yes. because the show it's always really nice about giving us the name and the abduction date mm-hmm. of the person. So in this case, it is Gary Navarro, and he was abducted January of 1973. So you know they they show the guy you know in the baseball in a locker room with other baseball players, and the first thing that I down was like a stereotypical locker room scene mm-hmm. like you got guys throwing towels at each other yeah and then like in the background like one guy had a center phone open bro yes <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> i was just like the director was you know i could understand like maybe the towel popping yeah. you know and you know people walking around with shirts off and, and you know and towels and stuff and i'm mm-hmm. like it's a locker room it's like but why the center phone yeah like he just opened it and that was just in the background you know I'm really weird about like the background players because I, I sometimes I feel like the extras or just the background actors are like you know what this is my shot right we're about to sell this let's get this and yeah. then, like they would be doing the most craziest, craziest things but um but then you see the Gary sitting down on the bench and one baseball player one of the other players is he says something about him being the Jackie Robinson mm-hmm. of, of of the forty four hundred yeah. basically, and that's how they establish outside of the you know them announcing that that he's forty four hundred, and 
the guy's hating, and then the pitcher's like, you know what, I got you. But then you start hearing their thoughts. Yeah. And then Gary is like, you know, he, he's responding to their thoughts, and they're like, you know what the fuck. So, yeah. Um, so, I, you know, it was, once again, this is a show with a small budget. Yeah. And they do what they can. So, I mean, how did, I mean, how did you feel about, or do you want to go through, like, up until, like, the credits? Like, no, yeah, no, that's fine. Um, yeah, yeah, you could do that because I, I, I got some thoughts about this baseball okay. scene. Yeah. Okay, so then they actually go outside. Oh, one of the things that the pitcher is telling him is that, you know, the scouts are here to see you because, you know, first of all, he's a mini celebrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for coming back, he was a baseball player back in the day who had a shot at going to the majors and mm-hmm. then he was, was taken. But when they get outside, it gets worse because he starts hearing everybody's thoughts. He's mm-hmm. hearing the hey, Nas catcher. That nigga. His teammate. Yeah, like, hey, Nas. He looked like Rick Fox to me. <laughs> and, uh, like, hey, Nas, Rick Fox. And, you know, he's, you know, so Gary is, like, yelling at him. But the guy is like, why are you yelling at me? Because, you know, I didn't say anything. And then he's miss- he's missing these easy pitches that the pitcher is tossing at him. And everything's just going wrong. And mm-hmm. he starts hearing the thoughts of his teammates. And then he gets very excited. He starts yelling. And then the coach was like, you know, just get out the game. I mean, just go, you know, take a walk or mm-hmm. take a breather. And as he's going up into the stands, he looks at the scout. Yes. There, and then one of them, uh, you know, and they just staring at him. And I was just like, you know, at least, I mean, in real life, most people probably would avert their gaze. Yeah. Or whatever, like, because this is, they're trying to enforce this point of, like, people thinking. Because apparently people can't think and not look at you at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> One guy is like staring at him, and he's just like, "This guy's going nowhere." And then Gary just like loses his fucking shit. He's like, "He's like, ah, ah, ah. And he just starts going after the guy. Yeah, he whooped his ass. Like, yeah, he like in this fake fight, and then they pull him back, and then they cut to the credits. So basically, you know, so the suggestion is like he's being overwhelmed with these with the voices at this point. Mm-hmm. He does establish in the, he does establish later on that when it started happening, he was just like, "Oh yeah, I'm using this for my benefit." Yeah. And now it's just it's a lot. So, but that that's that's how it goes into the credits. Yeah, I I actually liked the beginning. I was okay with this. It was it was campy. It got its point across. What was that like? Maybe three four minutes of an intro, and you got exactly. everything you needed. Um, I thought that was one of the better parts of the show. Um, and seeing this, I don't know, whenever it comes to black people and these powers, I always am a bit more aware of what's going on. And to see this black man plucked out of time and now back in a time that he doesn't understand and also reading these thoughts. Like at first I was like, man, he need to calm the hell down. Then I thought about it. I'm like, this is a black man, a fully grown black man who had a dream that he was good at. And we later find out his friends did really well. So clearly he was in a a, a, a environment where he could have ascended to another level. And you get pulled away from this opportunity randomly. Before, it's like, ma, to be black in America, like what the hell? I just, I, I felt for him this whole episode. The, not so much in the beginning like I did throughout the rest of the episode, but I really, I, he he made me feel like this was a very good 
well put together X Men story, like to the right. point that your your origin story of reading these minds to hell the baseball element it just mm-hmm. felt like a really good X Men story to me. <laughs> I like it. Well, the other part of it is his his ability was was mind based. It was cerebral, mm-hmm. and you know sometimes when it comes to the ability, and especially because you know you got the discussion of you know the black body, the, mm-hmm. you know the, the, the strong black man, you know mm-hmm. just like you know the um, there's always these sometimes sometimes there's this feeling that you know because you know blacks are better when it comes to sports you know mm-hmm. black you know black people are better when it comes to you know this natural strength or whatever and it goes back to this you know this idea of what's us being in some people's minds like these like beasts mm-hmm. or whatever which is like really fucked up yeah but in this case his his abilities weren't strength based they mm-hmm. were mind based mm-hmm. and when you and i always have a preference for a you know, for superheroes, for black superheroes who are the telepaths or the telekinetic right. you know, it's not it's not determined on brute strength. You know, and in this case they could have easily have gone that route mm-hmm. it's gonna be an athlete. You know, but in this case, this is something where it's dealing with his mind. Yeah. You know, and that's and that's something that I actually really appreciated because like I don't know, when was the last time you saw like a black Professor X? Mm-hmm. You know, or some, and there are probably plenty of examples out there, but it's just it's like somebody that was at the forefront, yeah. Um, sort of like a Dean Gray. Normally, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's I don't I don't really see a lot of like black telekinetic or telepaths, or I mean, unless you read Ralph Reed, which is all for about to say, okay. But yeah, so that's you know part of the reason, you know. I kind of went that route, at least with Sean in, in that story. But then, but in this case, I love the fact that he was a telepath, but he was a baseball player. Yeah. Uh, and it was just like it was a really nice balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, it just you know gives you this visualization of him like losing his mind. Yeah, oh, like, for sure. You you yeah. see that? Yeah. Um, right. um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So I thought it was a you know like you said, you establish who this guy is and what his conflict is. But then, in the first three or four, like you said, four minutes of the show. Um, so then, the next scene after that is, um, <laughs> it was a really weird scene. It was after the triple homicide. Bruh. Uh, Bruh. That, okay, <laughs> the triple homicide. And you see Richard, Lily, and Isabel, I think it's Isabel, they're, they found a motel, you know, to stay at. And I, and I could swear that, because... What's playing over this scene is like this really weird, easy listening music, <laughs> and it's like some like gossip, not gossip girls. Um, oh god, like WB, Dawson's Creek, yeah. like mid nineties. Yeah, you know, really weird music. And the other thing that stood out to me was that when you can't hear with the the hotel um, keeper or whatever that they're talking to I thought he said like $40 for a room and I was like shit that must be a shithole that um it's a cheap ass hotel but then um Lily is like she seems cool and she's like you know what you know it may not be the best place but you know at least we we're not outside and then Richard um is more and she's like more upbeat 
and he's like, yeah, she just killed three guys. Yeah. Like, I understand, like, it was in self-defense, but, like, you know, Richard probably has seen, like, death because yeah. he was a soldier. Yeah. <laughs> but Lily is, like, taking this whole thing in stride. Like, yeah. When was the last time you saw, like, a triple damn homicide, even if the guys were coming at you? But she seems a little bit too cool. Oh, for sure. What just happened? But I don't, I, I don't know. What did you think about that? I didn't like her. I didn't like Lily at all this episode. Um, one, Isabel looked Asian in some scenes, which is like, what? Um, but no, I didn't like Lily in this episode. Um, that scene, I'm with you, though it was self-defense. These three, and it's not even to be mad at the baby, but it's just we know this isn't normal. Well, we both know we were abducted, and we have this child. Which can we please get a DNA test? Um, not even to be funny, like that ain't my baby, but just to see if if Richard is the biological dad, considering all the shit they've been through. But whatever, that's neither here nor there. I didn't like Lily. I felt that she was coming from a place of privilege, which I think the writers came from a place of privilege. Because the whole time I was looking at Richard like, man, you are a black man. And a lot of the shit that's going on, this is detrimental to your health. And and Lily is just going. She's fucking up. Yeah. (laughs) She's fucking up. Like, when we come to, (laughs) there's this scene. Yes. Yes. Which I know is the reason why she was like. I was triggered. She was not. She she was an anti-goat. (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, she's um, trash yeah so then um so next we get the wacky (sighs) wacky ass sister this sister trash uh yeah and she and so um oh my god diana 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 yeah diana dirty diana um dirty diana but no she's i i I like diana diana's cool Mm -hmm. um her sister april shows up April scores just shows up and um, you know and they show that these two are not the same at all you know her, her sister is more of like and like I said living a life but her, her sister is like you know more of like a free you know free living Lynn from yeah. Girlfriends yeah versus Girlfriends. yeah Joan Lynn versus yeah. Joan that's what that is there you go the one the, our, you know, <laughs> the girlfriend's reference of this episode right and um, and like and I'm cool. I mean, like it is what it is. But you know, she she gets introduced to Maya for the first time, and Diana hadn't told Maya that she had a sister. Yeah. Because that that's how strained their relationship is. And the big thing that I took from this was like, how the fuck do you just show up at somebody's house, bro, self to sleep on her couch? Dad. <laughs> Diana was like, hey, he's like, and I love how she said it. She was like, so hey, where are you staying? And she was like. Your couch? And I was just, I would have been like, no. Right. I have a whole child. Get out of here, stranger. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's, I mean, that's the thing now. So she has a sister <laughs> that we didn't know about. But right. Yeah, um, but it'll, I guess maybe it'll come into play later on. I hope um, so. I mean, how do you how do you feel about her? Do you, I, I actually liked. I didn't like April, but I did like. I liked the introduction of April because I feel like sometimes with TV shows, they give you this random family member. For me, this worked because I felt like in season one, Diana was so wrapped up in the forty four hundred that it really didn't make any sense that we knew about her family with the way the show was framed, and. 
she didn't have any family members that were abducted so you know so we we know at the, at this point so introducing april i felt like they had chemistry so i i believe that they were sisters i believe that they had issues um i don't know because i haven't seen the series how long april will be around but i was very excited that there was this contrast and it wasn't like um like a mother father situation it was maya learning about someone new who she's technically related to it, it just i just i like the whole dynamic i like that and i like that we didn't rest on diana's been dating this man for so long and now he's going to be maya's new dad i like that we didn't go that route but i like april but i I got my issues with april she's, yeah yeah she's, mm. it just um <laughs> so after after that uh Ugh. sean gives a ted talk mm-hmm. a ted talk yeah 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 basically he um Jordan is has turned the forty four hundred center into like a college slash community center slash museum. I what is what is the end result? It's everything. Like what is this? I don't. (sighs) Well, it was funny because at a certain point when you know, so when Gary infiltrates, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, like when he get when he gets up to get out of they'll go out of the classroom. Yeah, ladies like. Mr. Navarro, I was like, how the fuck are you gonna tell him to stay in this fake ass class? Dead. Like this fake, this is fake college. It's this is probably the strangest part of the show for me because this seems like the least defined thing in the show. Like every couple episodes, it seems to change to be something else. Like, I mean, it, I mean, it kind of you know, at the end of the day, I think it's supposed to be. And I hate to put it like this, like Scientology. Yeah, you know, like, and I, I, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I can see. And, you know, they have their own... I mean, shit, it's just, it gets deep. Like, yeah. you know, like I... Um, you know, they, they got the classes, they got the different levels. See, that's the other thing. Like, there's apparently, like, different levels of, mm-hmm. you know, the 4,400 mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, so... And how do you... But, oh, my God. Okay, I, let me say this. How do <laughs> you put a level or a degree on this experience that we've all been through? And not, and I, I got to go here. This is a very colonizing sort of thing. We all have went through this traumatic experience, but your big, smart, manipulative ass, Jordan Collier, because you have wealth, you decide how to categorize and how to frame this thing. I just, I can't look at him as an entrepreneur. You are the devil. Like, what are you, what are you, you are weaponizing these people and you are manipulating. Oh, I'm just, man. I'm Sound not like a, a cult leader to me. Bruh. Right. Jordan Collier. Yeah. Uh, he got people drinking the Kool Aid um, out of wine glasses. Right. Now, but he, yeah, he got. Sean's giving this TED talk because Jordan is still pimping him out. Yeah. Um, the side note about the scene is that, once again, because this is filmed in Vancouver, this place has been used in like several shows that I've seen. Mm-hmm. And this, the scene in, in particular was in Battlestar Galactica. Oh, really? Uh-huh. During yeah yeah there's I can't remember the season but it's when they're meeting with representatives of the various planets <laughs> that were um, that are kind of strewn about the the fleet of ships as they roll run away so it's like a thing of like an intergalactic United Nations yeah. 
So, anyways, but yeah, yeah, that's what I remember that from. Um, and I, you know, to be, to be honest with you, I love the development of Sean because he he's one of those characters that I, I'm a big fan of, like throughout the series, where he goes from you know, being where he was in the first season as mm-hmm. like this lost kind of teenager, but he's kind of coming more into his own. And you see him kind of even in the scene, but he has with with Jordan. Mm-hmm. You know, he's you know he he feels he doesn't he agrees with. Jordan's overall mission, mm-hmm. but the way that he goes about doing it, uh, he doesn't agree with. And I and I like you know Sean stepping up to do you know these kind of talks because like it, it just it just shows development you know mm-hmm. in, in the character. Yeah, Cyclops um, is doing really good at stepping up. Yeah, Cyclops is doing good. <laughs> wait, wait for Walt Cyclops, but um, <laughs> and then we get introduced to. Ian Dravit. Dravit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my, my wife pointed out like she, he sounded like he was doing a voiceover for bruh, like, uh, bruh. for <laughs> for a, either a South African yes bad guy or like an Australian yes like that's in my notes I said my I said is his voice dubbed like did he speak that's what she but she they had yeah I said this ain't it made me uncomfortable because it it's like. Whoever recorded over did not. They were not in sync with the actor, or yeah. It, it. Yeah, it made me very uncomfortable watching him speak. Yeah, yeah. Like he gets very super exaggerated, but it turns out that he's um, meeting with. Um, he's he's meeting with. Uh, he has a meeting with Jordan at the forty four hundred, and you and you already look at him. I mean, like he's wearing like. Everybody else is wearing um, at the forty four hundred like the pastel shirts, yeah, and open shirts, and then like the the blazers and the khakis. And this dude walking in like he, he's dressed like a like, like a bad guy. Yeah, like, him and his guys are wearing like black suits, and uh, like they just came from the funeral, so you know mm-hmm. this dude's some fun. And then they cut cut to Intech and Jarvis the boss. Are, you know they're looking at surveillance pictures of him at the 4400 facility or they know that he's there and then it, it turns out that this guy runs a company which is a front for him being a mercenary basically contracting mercenaries to go into you know third world countries and just do some you know fuck shit mm-hmm. and then also he's an arms dealer so he's so he's a bad guy who has a uh, company which you know acts as a front so you know they're starting to you know, the government is asking why is Jordan Collier meeting with this guy? Right. If they think there's a chance that Jordan is stockpiling weapons, you know, which is legit. I mean, it's a legit, you know, concern. Yeah. You know, he's or that he's trying to weaponize the 4400 or get ready for some like type of war. Yeah, a war. And he wants, um, they want to find out what's happening, and that's when they get the call about um, Gary. Uh, you know, basically being turned into intact. Yeah. You know, so they can figure out what's going on with him. Ugh, which I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. First of all, yeah. Tom is still a bitch, period. Um, yeah, I, I hate it. I hate it. Um, that Ian stuff, he is the villain of the week, but I still think, yeah. I don't know, I, I like so many other things about the show that I was able to forgive him. Um, but yeah, but yeah, but moving on, I think you did a good enough job. This next scene is what I want to get into. Like this is, I love this scene. 
Yeah. I and loved it. Was, it. And I thought it was, um, so basically Gary comes in and he's, uh, he's at Intech now. And when Diana and Tom come in to speak to him, he says, just don't talk. He's like, I need silence because at this point, the shit is getting to him. The voices are everything. And he's trying to just kind of calm, whatever, calm it down. Mm -hmm. So the entire conversation, he's like, ask me. He says, ask me. You just ask me with your, I don't think he says with your mind, but, you know, he, he says something like, just think. Mm -hmm. And he starts, and they ask him questions, which he starts answering. And every time he answers the questions completely, and I think he starts off by saying, like, you know, think about this. And then they are like, oh, shit. And then they start basically questioning him in silence. Mm -hmm. and, and you get the gist of what their conversation is. And I think eventually maybe they do talk yeah. a little bit. Not but, this, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he's in quarantine, so he could be away from people. But that's when he explains that when it started, he could basically read what the pitcher was going to be, you know, you know, pitching, mm -hmm. you know, what, what kind of pitches you. And then he was like, oh, okay, it worked at first. But then it got to the point where he couldn't control it. Mm -hmm. And that's, he, you know, he just plays everything out and he wants to. He wants to get rid of it because he wants to go to the majors. He that's what his dream was before he got abducted, and that's kind of what his sole focus is now. Yeah, and yeah. I really like this character because though he is athletic, that does not define him. Like I think they did a really good job with this episode with making his athleticism being a part of his story and not his defining feature. Um, because right. like you said before, his powers are more cerebral, mental, as opposed to physical. So he is peak physical, but by his own doing, not because he's enhanced. His enhancement right. is interfering with the thing that he can do so well physically. Um, and so hearing him tell his story about being so fucking close to the... like. I don't give a damn about baseball. In my actual day-to-day -day life, I don't really care at all about it. But watching this episode, he made me care. Not enough to go out and watch a bunch of games, but enough to understand how severe this was for him. How much loss he's experienced, which is so different from losing a family member. You lost fame. You lost survival. You lost your passion. And then when you get a chance to get it back, it's interrupted by this mental side effect from the trauma that took you away from it to begin with. I just, woo, yeah. this was heavy. Yeah, like I so said, he, he definitely sold it. I mean, and at the end of the day, I mean, it's, it's his dream. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's, it's life interrupted. You know what I mean? Shit, he could have been, you know, I don't know, a UPS delivery man. He was like, man, I used to deliver the hell out of the box. Right, right. You know, <laughs> that's his, he's just like, I can't think when I drive. I drive, damn it. Um, but in this case, he's a baseball player. But yeah, if he wasn't a good actor, he wouldn't have so yeah. And it wasn't like over the top. It was just like simply like, this is what I was doing. This is what I had worked my whole life to to get to and then I get addicted by some motherfuckers for the future Thanos. And, you know <laughs> that's that's life interrupted so you can well, you can understand that but this scene I think really sold it because of 
you know, and and I think every everybody all around, um, all three of them, because it could have come off as goofy with them not saying anything. Mm-hmm. But the way you know, but they're as as it because they go in there thinking like they don't know what's up with him. They don't realize he's a psychic until he starts reading their minds and just you know having a silent conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, with them. So I, I actually, and this is what this is why I like the forty four hundred. It's not people, you know, going out and like, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. I've said this before, you know, tossing cars around and doing Dragon Ball Z type of shits and <laughs> busting up, you know, well, I don't know, like, in, you know, the Man of Steel, like that whole final fight was some bullshit. But, um, you know, just what was it, disaster porn, you know, superhero disaster porn. Um, this is simple. These are three people in a room, and one of them has an ability, and it's done effectively. Yeah. So. Um and yeah, so I I I liked it. Um, so after that, um, this is where the fuck shit starts. Absolutely. Jarvis, yeah, Jarvis is just like, ah, maybe we can use him to, um, you know, go and uh, you know, be our mole in the forty four hundred center, so they can figure out what Jordan and you know, uh, the over the top villain of the week. Are doing mm-hmm. uh, the other thing they establish is that his um, the voices can be quieted by him taking antipsychotic drugs, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. I mean, it's it's a nice little stopgap. You know, I you know I don't know science, right? So you know, I mean that's a <laughs> that's that's the that's the plot device that's going to be used so that he can you know so it can be kind of chill. Mm-hmm. You know, so that but the but the big thing for this is that Jarvis. Um, basically, you know, she she doesn't say it in this scene. She thinks about using him, um, but they were like, you know, they're gonna try to get him to Intech Medical to figure yeah. out what can be done. So, um, <clears throat> after that, we see Kyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He's in college and he's waiting in line, and he finds out that he is not enrolled in college because he didn't pay the bill. <laughs> <laughs> The tuition has not been paid. I was like, "Welcome to my hell, Kyle." Right. Uh, but um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so that's kind of the thing. But you know, he's trying to get back to school. That's the. That's what I took from that. I mean, that was very quick. Yeah. It was a very quick scene. Um, and the next scene is where Jarvis. That's when Jarvis says that she once basically she's gotten the okay from DC to use Gary as a mole and. See, I, I didn't mind Tom this episode because he actually Fuck from him. the beginning. <laughs> from the beginning, the only thing that I think I had a problem with him was that he promised Gary, and he should have done that. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Fuck okay. Him. Well, I mean, do you want to get into that now, or do you want to wait until like later? Oh, either way, it don't matter because it's not going to change my mind. I don't like that. He he's trash. And and first of all, Kyle looks like a, a lion or like Leona Lewis, so I don't give a damn about Kyle. But yeah, Tom is a bitch, man. Like, okay, just, okay. Uh, you, we'll go to the next one. Yeah. Um, so after that, um, some more fuck shit. Lily, yeah, this is where the fuck shit happens with Lily. So Lily goes and um, the um, you know asks for an extra blanket. Because they stand at the fucking base motel, and um, <laughs> you know he's like, he's like, no, I ain't gonna give you no cover. Like you got your lot of sheets. That was some bullshit. And she's like, I got a cold baby. 
and like practically pushes the baby in his face and he's like, fuck that baby. Yeah, fuck them kids. And then <laughs> she's like, I got fucked out. Yeah, she's like, fuck them kids. And he's like, okay, I, because you got a pretty face. Which was and, weird. And, and, yeah, it was weird. I mean, he was just, he was being a, I mean, I could see some shit like that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I don't know. I'm like, it's getting to the point now in present day where I'm just like, any, oh, for any sure. dirty ass, like, plaid <laughs> wearing you know that I was like where's your MAGA hat mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. but um, he you know just like when that guy called her the baby an abomination right anyway so yeah so he reminded me of one of them types but except a little nastier mm-hmm. but um so anyway so as he goes back you know Lily's like the fuck motherfucker like, yeah he went nice she, like, yeah she, like, and then um, Isabel pops open the register, mm-hmm. and um, you know Lily takes money. A lot of and, money. Uh, a lot of money. Okay, so you notice that. Okay, so we'll we'll get to that because I, I wrote something down after talking to my wife about it, but we'll we'll get to that soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so she takes the money and they close the register, and he comes back with this blanket, and then they no, they get out. So they um. The the next scene is uh, Tom and Diana talking to Gary, Ugh. and they want to wire him up. And he starts to basically, you know, this is where he kind of gets more into the fact that the world has essentially passed him by. Like he has a brother who is now fifty three, mm-hmm. and he's like in his like I still in his thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also has people who play used to play with him play basketball I mean baseball with him mm-hmm. they've, they've gone on um, and you know then Tom talks about how he used to play um, baseball you know back when he was in college mm-hmm. and you know, so, so it's like a little point of comparison but basically they just talk about a lovely game and the guy just talks about like how you know what we were talking about before like this is what he just loved to do mm-hmm. and this is where I feel Tom makes a mistake of like you know he's like this guy keeps thinking like can you fix me yeah and you know I would have straight up said like I don't know if there's a cure for you like we can give you a lifelong prescription for like mm-hmm, you, know, mm-hmm. you know for the antipsychotics and that'll help the voices stay down so as long as you take those you'll be cool but because the story has to be what it is you give this guy a false sense of hope yeah and then it was ripped away uh huh so I can understand, but like that's a mistake. I think the biggest mistake I think Tom does. No, he because tries. he feels that the people that he works for are honest, and I'm like, you working for the U.S. government, dude? Yeah. Hey, like the, you, you gotta know better. <laughs> you gotta yeah. know better, and that and Jarvis even tells him that. But this is the first time that he actually tells him that if you do this for us, we will, you know, we'll <clears throat> help you, you know, so you can pursue your dreams. Which um, is sad. I I just I hate Tom. I hate him so much. You fucked over your son. You fucked over this black man. You you're horrible. Like there's something that Gary said. A few things coming straight off of Endgame and Infinity yeah. War. He said something about thirty years, and then there's a snap, and you've just missed. And I know that had nothing to do with the films, but yeah. that yeah. that really was like God. Forty four hundred is Endgame. It is the the five years later um and he said something about like the man from uncle which i never saw that but my mom used to watch that and it yeah it's yeah. It's, it's just i don't know tom is a bitch like this <laughs> well, like, 
I don't like him, man. This feel like a like lot. Yeah. He's doing this insightful, you know, look into Gary, and then just like his, you know, the shit that he, he's dealt with, and then he just comes back around and Thomas. Because I can't stand him, man. He's trash. Like, And I, I know what I do like about the show, though, is I feel like my feelings aside, they are showing Tom as a real person. Like, he's forgetting shit. He's wrapped up in his work in a way that I feel like is normal. Um, and the fact that Diana has a very or equally represented life makes him easier for me to accept or swallow or take or whatever the, the verbiage is. Uh, but with Tom, I just feel like you dealt with this all last season with your nephew and with your son. So to promise anything, like I watched Law and Order my entire life. I know you don't promise anything to a victim or a victim's family. You promise them that you're going to do everything in your damn power to bring justice, but you can't guarantee, oh, we're going to get this son of a bitch. Well, what happens when you don't? Or what happens when you do, but he's let off because you did some shit wrong? I was like, man, you trash, man. Well, you know, you know the one person that I've seen who didn't say shit. Diana. Diana. She's Diana smart. Diana was like, mm, okay. <laughs> He's like, I'll let you say all that talk. Right, about. right. Talk your <laughs> shit. Mm-mm. Ugh, fuck Kyle. Yeah, Diana was just like, no. Uh, um, so I, the next scene is Kyle. What were you saying? <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm just so annoyed, man. Like. They're weaponizing this black man without giving him any training. It's like, okay, yeah, and that was a, you know, that's another part of this, which is we going, we'll get to that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, The the other thing is like, just think about last season. Look what they did to your son. Oh, bro, duck him, put him into like a seat with all like electrodes and shit in his head, and you. If that's what they do to the person that you love, what do you think they going to do to a black man? To a like, spy at that, a black spy. A black spy, yeah. Uh, like, you know, I mean, this is, you know, the government is on some fuck shit. You know, they, it, it just it is what it is. But, hmm. yeah, so, I mean, it, this is, <laughs> to everybody listening to this podcast, you can see where things are about to go for Bruh, career. for real. Uh, they ain't looking up, so... The next thing is, and then we'll just make this point, Kyle angry with his dad yep. for not paying him to his, his tuition. Understandably so. <clears throat> right. And I say he's rightly pissed even after his father apologizes. And then, um, you know, Tom's just sitting there like, you know, I fucked up. And then that was that. Um, the, so the thing that I wanted to get into was the Chinese food scene. Um, mm-hmm. Richard comes home. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm, mm, mm. Lily has laid out like all this Chinese food. She was like, "Yeah, I got, I got, you know, I got this food and and some pampers, and some pampers and this and that." And um, Richard starts asking, you know, where did this come from? And then she she doesn't even directly tell the story. She starts it just she's going all around the corner, all around the block. You know, she picked up a pack of Marlboros and finally she didn't get the story. And, and, you know, when he realizes that she stole his money, you know, he's just like, he's pissed off. And she's just like, 
he says something to the effect of like this is not where I want it to be and she's like do you think this is yeah you know they have a genuine argument you know and um you know because of the stress of the situation is just kind of weighing on them but um the and you know and then she's like you know can you eat some of this food I don't want to go all the way so he says I'm not hungry but the thing that stands out for me is just like she didn't steal like a five she's selling at least like 40 or 60 dollars yeah yeah registered enough that it could be noticed yeah and enough pampers like <clears throat> i don't i don't get it you mean like, I, I don't i don't i don't steal mm-hmm. <laughs> on the streets but i know like if i'm taking something from a register i'm not taking enough so that the guy could be like wait a minute she was by my register right and then I lost like you know she didn't take like five or like ten for him to be like oh well you know it's kind of till this week yeah <laughs> she was just like we about to ball out of control tonight and you were the last person in there too exactly like I'm like is there cameras maybe not but you were still the last Ugh, she's stupid um yeah I don't like Isabella I don't like her <laughs> No, because I when I watched this, I was like, okay, yeah, I okay. She opened the register, but what is this baby's motivation? Either she's very smart and educated, and 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 can create these attacks for survival, or she's just doing the most basic of things. Like, what you can't have both. You've had three men kill themselves, but then when this man was talking crazy to Lily, why didn't you just like stop his heart? Like, why did you wait till he left to open the room? Like, that was the weird choice for me. <laughs> Sounds like, I don't... Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's whenever the story... Because, like, she's the miracle baby, apparently. Like, mm-hmm. I remember... I don't know if it was a couple episodes back. We were trying to figure out what her fucking abilities Dead. were. Dead, yeah. And I'm like, I, I, it's whatever the scene calls for. MacGuffin. You know, shit. If she needs to shoot electricity from her fingers, like, like lightning, she gonna do that. If she needs to, like, pull out Wolverine claws to open a door, she's going to do that. It's just, yeah. like, she's... There's a lot going on with her. Wanda. Um, yeah, and it's just, like, and, and going back to, to watch it, I just, I don't know. I mean, it's just... It, for her to be so cognizant of what the world... What's happening, you know, around her mm-hmm. life, it just... You're just kind of wondering, like, okay, so... They injected her with the perfect abilities? I guess so. <laughs> Whatever like, the plot you know, calls for, you said. Franklin yeah, Richards' yeah. ass, baby. Yeah, and she does some shit later on, which I think is, like, problematic. I well, mean, exactly. Um, that's what... Mm, yeah. That's why I don't like yeah. her. I, yeah. Mm, mm, um, mm. But it's it's weird. Um, so she... So that they have the argument. Um, the scene after that is... Um, April being trash. Yeah, April being on some fuck shit. She um she took Maya out. And of school. the thing I was happy about is that she got Maya dressed in like she finally in the two thousands. <laughs> um, and she um she gave her like a fake tattoo when Diana almost loses her shit. And Which then, is like yeah. how? Why are you really Diana? You are yeah, that I mean, silly. I, I mean, considering the fact that April is who she is, I wouldn't put it past her. I mean she okay, so this is the part that my wife did point out. She was like, You can't just go Okay, so Diana said that you didn't tell me that you were going to pick up my child right. from the school. And the first thing that 
I noticed, but she, my wife, verbalized was like, you can't just pick up a child. You can't. No, you, you can't. Like, you have to have, you know, you have to be on, like, a list of, uh, like, kind of guardian yes. approval. Yeah. And considering the relationship that Diana and April have. But, uh, but she's homeschooled, too. Like, because she said something about all her sitting up at the, if I'm understanding, if I read this correctly, April was like, well, yeah, sitting up at a counter doing homework wasn't fun or something. She, no, because Diana said you sent her teacher home. And we know that Maya can't go to school, at least right now, because of all the threats and stuff. But homeschooled or in a building, you still can't take my child, especially without not telling But Okay, then I, I need to go back and watch that. Because, I, because you remember last season, she was out of school. She yeah. was out of school that accepted her when... The, the villain of the week uh, the, you know the other I can now remember the guy's name but the guy Lights Hell or whatever mm-hmm. he came and did that visit with her at her new school mm-hmm. so they mm-hmm. hadn't kicked her out of there so I I thought that she was still in school but okay. like I said either way yeah that's what I thought that she she was like hey let's just go chill and you know but like I said maybe she is homeschooled well let um, me double check because I want to be sure because this is this is gonna bother me because April. Either way, she's still trash. Either way, wait. She says yeah. you can't. What she say? Diana says, um, "Oh, she April said you live in Seattle and she don't know about Kurt Cobain." Diana's like, "Thank goodness you're here to teach her about tattoos and suicide." Um, by the way, who gave you permission to take her out of school? I'm her aunt. I didn't need permission. Um, if you're gonna send her teacher home for the day. Yeah, that's what she said. So she is being homeschooled. Um, okay, okay. So she is okay. So then that that's that's still some bullshit. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she gets all defensive. Um, no, no. What I like though was that you could tell that she didn't deal with no fucking kids because the next, you know, the part is Maya coming in and saying my stomach is not feeling good, and she was just like, "What did you feed her?" And she said, "Whatever she wants." And then she, you know, Maya goes and throws up, and it's just like, yeah, you gotta have boundaries when it comes to kids. I mean, fuck, you don't eat everything as an adult, right? Like you want to, but then you gain a lot of weight, and then you feel shitty about it. Absolutely, you don't eat that with a child, like you know. So it's just another notch in the whole April is <laughs> April is bullshit. Mm-hmm. She's trash. Bullshit. She's trash. Um, so Gary. Gary goes undercover, like Bruh. my 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 man, Uncle, or the man from Uncle. Yeah. Um, it's funny because uh, what is that lady's name? Devin. Devin. She looking at him like she a damn, like he a damn steak. Yeah. Like he's like, cute, and then yeah. <laughs> he just smirks. Um, and then Gary meets. So once he mentions to her that he's a forty four hundred. And he's mic'd up. He has like an earpiece on or whatever that they can't see. Yeah. He meets Jordan and Gary reads his mind. Um, and I think Sean comes in and has a discussion. Is this the part where he ha- comes in and has to talk with Jordan about his kind of his misgivings about? Yeah, because yeah, because he he comes in and tries to talk to him. Um, so he interrupts. Uh, Magneto and Jean Grey from talking and then he's like yeah he's not he's lucky um, Sean whatever got things good powers or whatever and then they get to discuss an Ivan okay 
Yeah. Yeah. And he's trying to hear what they're saying or whatever. But, um, yeah, so then, I mean, I think that's the only little bit there. Um, and there's, um, after that, they show, you go to Kyle, who, who actually, I guess, took the check to school and they let him in. But he's just standing there. He, they show him standing on the college campus and he's just, he looks like he's blacked out. He's just staring straight ahead. Um, and then this um, this lady walks by and older says, lady, older lady, yeah, walks by and says, "Are you okay?" And he's like, "Yeah, you know, I guess I, I got kind of lost." And school then he shooter. Like, What'd you say? He looks like a school shooter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> so she um, she says, um, you know, she, you know, he tells her what class he's looking for, and then she says, "Enough." It's in this room, and he says, uh, in this building that they're nearby, and he's like, uh, I don't want to have to take it. It's just a filler class, or just the only thing that wasn't available. Mm-hmm. And she, she's like, well, you may get something from it. And he's like, no, I fucking hate shit. Right. Like, okay. <laughs> so he's just digging himself a hole, and when he gets into the class, the lady walks in as a professor. Yes, so, I love that. I didn't see yeah. that coming. I don't know why I didn't see that coming, but I... That's an old, like, tr- not trope. That's an old thing that's common, yeah. and I still didn't see it coming. Because um, I think she walked in, and she said, this is how to get away with murder. Um, that's <laughs> the way she wrote on that book. But, yeah, I, that was cute to me. That was one of the moments that I did enjoy with this yeah. episode. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that's, and yeah, I, I thought it was nice. I was like, shit, Lacey, maybe have a... Maybe, I mean, it's a professor, but maybe he might have a romantic interest. Oh, that's definitely his rom-com <laughs> love interest, yes. Yeah, um, but I like the, but the biggest thing that you take from that is that he was zoned out. Yeah. Like, you know, you have no idea, like, what that was about, so. Um, then after that, uh, the cops, uh, oh, so they show the cops, uh, they come back to the motel where... No, we this oh. the next part is um, Gary being manhandled by Ivan. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. He, he, this, okay, you can you can jump into this. Yeah, because this is some shit. First and foremost, before anything, I thought Gary was being sent in to like sit in on the class mm-hmm. and find out what was what. They were sending him in for days. That pissed me off even more. Yeah. So everything yeah. from when I found out he was going to be in there, because they said you have some drugs that last you 10 days, but it shouldn't take you that long. I was so annoyed at everything else that followed because you're sending this black man in who has no training at all. You didn't even fast track any training. You just sent him in, read their mind. You don't know the level of security he has with his powers. You don't know how much it works. Like, he has these drugs in him. So, is it targeted? So, he's, like, maybe got to be in the same vicinity. So, while he's ducked off in the bushes, Ivan and his goons come up behind him, which is, like, he's in the bushes. He's not on, like, a, a sidewalk. Why are y'all coming up this way? Like, what? But he lies his way out of it, um... And he isn't called. He was like, yeah, I was looking for you. I wanted to talk some more. Y'all were arguing. Why would I walk up on you while you arguing? And Magneto's like, well, I have plenty of staff. You could just talk to them. But I was just like, 
I was annoyed. I'm sorry. I was just so annoyed, man. Yeah, yeah and and you know, and I couldn't, I shouldn't hold it against him because, like, like you said, they didn't give him any training. Yeah, like he. I originally had put in my notes like this is stupid. Mm-hmm. Like he hiding in the bushes. Yeah, that was dumb. Like he was playing hide and go seek. Yeah, that was that was. Like in a trench coat. <laughs> in a trench coat. Also, um, yeah, and then you know, um, the Australian guy. Yeah, that that was crazy. But yeah, yeah, I forgot that that happened immediately after Kyle blacked out. Um, the uh, so okay, so then after that, they go to the motel. Um, and Richard and Lily and the baby are sleeping, and then Richard wakes up to see, you know, flash, you know, police car lights. Yeah. It's like, oh, she did it now. Yeah. And he wakes her up, and then you think the cop, the cops go and talk to the the guy working at the front office, and then the guy at the front office walk like leaves the cops. It looks like to their room, but then it turns out the cops are taking going they're trying to call for the people that. Are rooming next to them. And this pissed and, me off. Um, yeah, and, and just arrest them. So. I was so annoyed at this because, one, I think what I'm supposed to take from this is that the people who were arrested is who the front desk agent thinks stole his money because this is a seedy motel. Hmm? Yeah, that's actually a good point. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm like, this is a seedy motel where you have. St- sex workers and pimps and it like so it's so what other thing could it have been outside of my money was stolen secondly Richard is like I'll say I did it I'll say I took the money you what yeah you wouldn't be in this like you caping for this motherfucker who don't even she's like (laughs) you don't have to you don't have to be upset with me I I know I know how bad it well if you're gonna do all that why didn't y'all just leave why would you steal the money and then still stay there I was just, exactly. it was a lot that, in seeing this big black man talking to this white woman, and he's like, oh yeah, I'll take the fall for the crime that you did, because he even said, he's like, sometimes, it was it him or was it her that said, sometimes I forget that we're on the run, but we, we aren't criminals, we haven't done anything wrong. Well, now you have. And it was for survival, I get that, but you gotta be smart, like you can't, it can't fall on Richard to be the leader all the time even when he's not in this in in your face like I, I just felt like she was too lax with the situation because she wasn't even like no you take Isabel I'll say it was me and y'all get going it was just like oh okay nigga you that's cool you take the fall for this shit I did I was, yeah that was that I I didn't like that because I'm like in terms of the sacrificial yeah. <laughs> sacrificial Negro trope. Yes. That's like fuck that. I like. I had a. <laughs> there was a. Oh God! Of all things, um, Annabelle. Uh-huh. The um, this the second Annabelle movie. Uh uh-huh. Where with Alfred Woodard and you know, spoiler, um, she, I think she, she sacrifices herself to save a, to save the baby. And I was just like, what Man, the fuck, fuck? are you serious? Like, Alfred Woodard? Right. Like, one of the pairs should have thrown themselves out the window because she's a better actress. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I was done. But that's that happens all the damn time, it seems like. Um, but, yeah, anyways, yeah, but when he said that, I was like, come on, Herschel. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, so they, um, so the next thing is, we go to Harvard. Gary at, Gary at 4,400 college. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he, um, you know, he, he's all, he's all dressed down. He's like, he got his own room. Mm-hmm. And it's a big ass room. Yeah, it's a big ass room. It's like, I, I'm like, shit, this is nice. Maybe I'll just claim myself as a 4400 like, <laughs> Um But he, um, yeah, he's talking to Tom and Diana, who are like, they're actually out in a surveillance van. Which is um, obvious. Ugh. Like, a, it's obvious, but I, I think the suggestion is, is that they're, they are, they're, blah, they have shifts. Yeah. Of people come in, you know, and they, but the only times that we see them is when, you know, they're communicating with um, during their shift, basically. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's talking about, you know, the, the, you know, what he, what they have him doing there. Yeah. And while he's talking to them, he's looking for his meds, and he can't find them. Yeah. And then he, he looks outside and he he hears Devin. Is is Devin right? Yeah, outside. Devin. Mm-hmm. With um, another forty four hundred worker, he's like, yeah, I can't find my um, some pills in a bottle. Hydrocodone. Yeah, yeah. She says, um, she she says you don't. Essentially, something like you don't need those. And, you only think you, know, you do. What'd you say? Like you only think you do. That's what. Yeah, you, know. you, you only think you do. That's what the man wants you to believe, right? You know, mm-hmm. some like that. And then she gets on the elevator and she just leaves. Right. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm like, wow, that's a baller ass shit to say. Like, yeah. we just took your pills. We're gonna treat you like a child and say, I got it. I got a meeting to go to. <laughs> she just goes. And you know, bruh, I I gotta do it. I, I I can't let this slide. I was so angry because yeah. when you see shows like this and books like X Men and and adjacent things. Where it's like a stand-in, an analog for other things. And with this being a black man and him taking these pills and they're antipsychotics, you know, he could be someone with schizophrenia, he could be someone who's depressed. And all I'm thinking is, Tom, you have put this man in a situation that he was not prepared for. You have weaponized his ability, something that he can do. And then you put him in a situation where even though you didn't know... He wouldn't have his drugs. You don't know what these people are capable of. You sent him in by himself with this little chip behind his ear. So now, when he's losing it, you flip the responsibility on him where it's like, we'll pull you out at any time. You just say the word. You're not being responsible. So, uh, and th- you know he's desperate because you've promised him to cure him, but he has to do this first. It's like, you are a villain. You, I, I, I. <laughs> I can't, I can't get with that. Cause you couldn't have sent anybody in to. If it was so easy to send him in as the forty four hundred, you couldn't send in just another regular person. Nah, I hate Tom. I hate him. I hate him. Some some people are probably gonna say like, "Well, Gary's a victim of circumstances. I mean, his abilities manifested right around Mm -mm. the time of his arms dealer." You know, I'm just like, no, that's Mm -mm. especially during this scene. Like, you know, so first of all. They went through his shit. Yes. Which is one thing, like, and, um, oh, man, I always tell the story. Um, I, the, okay, I'm going to make this short. Tell me. Uh, my dad, when he was, uh, my dad was raised a Catholic. Okay. So he, when he, um, he got um, older, 
he didn't practice as much, but he still kept, you know, like, I guess you could say, like, parts of the faith. I mean, he, still, uh-huh. he was still, you know, a Christian, mm-hmm. um, but he, he had a set of rosary beads. So um, we have an uncle uh, who's a Jehovah's Witness. Oh, Lord. And, um, yeah, yeah, we had an uncle who's a Jehovah's Witness. And my dad, he told Steve, told the story to like he um, he lent the car where well, he and my mom were still together. He lent the car to my uncle, and he had the rosary beads um, on the um, windshield, mm-hmm. other windshield, the, the rearview mirror of his car. Mm-hmm. And when he got the car back from my uncle, they were pulled down and put into the glove compartment. Oh boy! So <laughs> that <laughs> so my dad was like this off. So what they did <laughs> to him in this episode reminded me so much of. <laughs> Like, how can you just do that shit? Like, yeah. You know, like, that, that's, you know, <laughs> they took the shit. At least my dad loves me, which was still in his uh, glove department. But, um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was rough. It was, it was, that that was rough. And then, you know, you see Gary just losing his shit. Yeah. He, he started, and this is where, I guess I can definitely understand, like, I don't think Tom was like on some Jordan Collier type of shit. Yeah, no, no, no. You know, he wasn't there. He wasn't like, nah. He's like, we'll pull you out, brother. Like, <laughs> I mean, you're the only one. Yeah, you know, yeah. Was, I think he was genuinely trying to help him, but it was one of those things where you just pull him out. Like, I would have actually been better with the scene of, you know, Tom was like, you know what, we're about to pull you out. And then, like, he gets a call from Jarvis or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, and then. And then they say, no, you have to keep them in there. Yeah, and that would, honestly, said, I, yeah. I still would hate Tom, but that would hate him less. Because, right. of the, yeah, no, you're right. I think that would have been a better a better um, ending for that scene. Yeah, yeah because, or like some agent in the car saying, like, hey, I, we just heard from Jarvis, like, you can't pull him out for any reason. Because, like, it just seems kind of half-hearted. Yeah. You know, because you're leaving the choice in his hands. He is, is going to say, um... You know, I'm going to do this. Do this yeah. so I can, you know, get my career back. So, um, because the thing that he says is like, you want to keep, y'all going to keep up your part of the bargain. Mm-hmm. Again, and then Tom promises and whatever. Um, so, the the only scene that, the, after that, is they cut back to Richard and, <laughs> and um, Lily is talking to a little boy who comes over and it's just kids being kids he gives her he gives Isabel the football yeah. it's like a little football that he has and then Isabel takes it and she's playing with it and then Richard comes over and says really we gotta go mm-hmm. and you know so the little boy takes the football back and you know he's with his mom and then Lily is like you know why did you do that you know the boy is being nice to Isabel and then Richard was like well, what if the boy decided to keep the ball that, that was his mm-hmm. and it's about like that he's like you know essentially he went saying is he, is he gonna make the boy have a heart attack right so he, he was concerned and Lily was like he she she did that because it's out of self-defense and then and you know Richard is all upset and, and then Isabel shows why it was probably a good thing that he took her away from the mm-hmm. boy. he gets her she gets him a fucking heart attack which is like, Lily that and I don't like that. I, I don't. don't. Either he's her dad or he's not. Y'all making yeah. this set up to, the, to make us believe that when they were in space or whatever, 
that they impregnated her. Yeah. Why would she? That's what I'm saying. Like, what? What is the degree of her awareness? Viciousness. That, <laughs> yeah. Right, and he, like he posed no threat to her right. or to her mom. Like, what? I just, I don't know. I'm just very convinced. So I was like, I don't, I don't like this. I don't, I don't understand what y'all, y'all don't understand what y'all doing. Cause is the baby evil or is it good? Like, is she, and why is she attacking Richard? Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, you know, the baby maybe, you know, definitely, she's more attached to stupid ass Lily to Lily than Richard. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you, that's it is what it is. But to go so far as to, you know, like, hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna make you feel as if you gonna have a heart attack. You better not, you not say no more shit to me. Mm-hmm. Like that's essentially what the baby was saying. She was, she was just like, yeah. Across this block. And I was just like, that's not, no. He's still, like, getting y'all from point A to point B. He's risked his life to yes, save y'all. several times. Yeah, it's just like, this doesn't seem appropriate. Like, that seemed overkill at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, she could have just, you know, done, you know, another thing. Like, the, like we said, an alternate scene or part of that scene could have been, you know, like the, like I said with the Jarvis and you know uh, where we just talked about um, not Bobby uh, Gary yeah. you know being forced to stay there and this scene she, I mean Isabel could have done something that I don't know she could have flipped the car or some shit or she mm-hmm, could have like mm-hmm. tossed off ketchup bottles off the you know just to show she was upset not give her you know because like at this point she a fucking monster yeah like she this <laughs> this is just like it's, I hate this baby. And um, Lily, oh god, I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't like her. I but just, yeah, I mean, it just seemed overkill. Like we know the baby is capable of evil, crazy ass things, but now you got her going after, you know, her father. Yeah. Step is her father. Um. So after that, uh, Kyle. I know Kyle is getting closer to his professor, and actually, I think she was flirting with him. Yeah, I think uh, so too. I agree. Yeah, he was like, he was like, well, I can go by your office office, and she was like, no, let's go get some coffee. And right, I was like, well, yeah. you know, they didn't have the context for what coffee is. <laughs> right, right, they know Luke Cage now. Luke Cage, now, but she was like, yeah, no, I'm gonna take you some coffee. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> um, but so that was that, um, and the. The next scene is just like, you know, Diana and, and I keep April. saying Amy, hey. April mm-hmm. and Maya, like they're cooking and, you know, then the sisters start arguing about stupid. one of her past boyfriends. Yeah, it's just some stupid shit. And then the only thing from this is after, you know, April finally says what I wanted her ass to do since the first time she showed up, she's like, yeah. well, I'll just go to the, I'll go to the hotel. Uh-huh. I saw one down the street. And then Maya says, um, you know, I don't want you to go because Christine's going to go out. And then she just runs through the room. And and then April turns around and she was like, what? Yeah. Well, that that actually, okay, so how it happened was Maya said it. April stopped. And she was like, what the hell is she talking? Something like that. And then Maya left. And that, I think that part of the scene made me like Maya so much more. Because I, the whole time that Maya has been on screen this episode, I'm like, how are you a psychic and you don't know you have an, an aunt? How do you, like, how are you 
you might not be able to see the stuff that's going to happen to you, like you throwing up, like her throwing up in the, in the toilet after hanging out with April, but you couldn't see in the future that April, but whatever. I like that. To me, that scene read that Maya still has these premonitions and that she's learning to maneuver like a regular child and she enjoyed April, but it came down to like a lot of superheroes, I got this one decision that either I reveal my identity or I let someone I love be hurt. Even though the stakes are lower because it's just the electricity going out, Maya is still a child and that's a big deal to her. So I, I really like that scene. I really did. I can't even hold you up. As creepy as she is, I enjoyed Maya this episode, but specifically that scene. I really enjoyed her. Well, you know, and, the, and to add to that, uh, remember, she still hasn't revealed to her mother mm-hmm. that she is having these premonitions again. So yeah. she does. She does because she she has this now newfound love for just another family member. Mm-hmm. She is just like you know she got emotional and you know just like um, I was gonna say Carl Lewis. What was that guy's name? That's such an emotional song. Carl Thomas. Um, I'm emotional, and I can't let it go. <laughs> she, she got emotional like Carl Thomas, and um, you know she she gave her premonition. So you know, just like Kyle, you know, zoning out, we have something else to look forward to. And now her mom knows. Well, her mom knew before. Yeah, and now it's been confirmed. Knows, mm-hmm. You know, confirmed like, oh, okay, so you can do this shit now. Like, where are numbers? <laughs> We were running the numbers every week, right? But yeah, so that that was actually it was pretty cool. Um, the um, so <laughs> my next note is Gary nutting up in a fake class, ah. um, and yeah. you know, and this is basically he's in his indoctrination 4400 4, indoctrination class being run by. Emma Frost, the poor like, man's Emma, Emma Frost. Emma Frost, yeah, mm-hmm. and she, um, she's like, "Is everything okay?" And like, if I had been, it's like, "You can't keep me in this fake ass school." That, that, and then he, he <laughs> runs out, um, and he, he starts saying, "Like, I need to find Jordan," and I think also Diana and Tom can hear him. Actually, reminded me of funny. Oh my god. In New Jack City, no. With, um, Chris Rock, <laughs> Chris Rock was like he was taking a crack, and then he started doing the jumping jacks. Yes, uh, telling jokes and shit. Yes, and, um, and you know, and then Ice T and uh, Judd Nelson. Oh my God, I can't. I mean, that's it's been a while. Yeah, and they they're they're listening to him. And then, like, they're telling um, Ice-T, he's like, yo, your boy, your boy's going yes. crazy. But, yeah, that's what, and because Tom and Diana are listening, and, like, Gary's just, like, losing his shit. Yeah, he was like Chris Rock. If he started doing jumping jacks, I would have lost it. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he, he looks for Jordan. No, if he had yelled at the camera, they don't kill me. <laughs> 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 That's a, that's okay, kids. Go watch a movie about New, called New Jack City. Oh. It's definitely okay if you want to hear to learn something about how the drug trade possibly actually happened, or just like how it you know crack des- destroyed the black neighborhoods. Watch 
boys in the hood <laughs> but if you like to watch some shit that's over the top and still has a message mm-hmm. watch New Jack City Wesley Snipes uses a little girl as a shit bruh why did my mind went directly to that scene when you oh, yeah. mm, that is the most <laughs> iconic Ooh. Yeah, like in the wrong way. Like, yeah. I, you know, actually, one of the this is a, this is the New Jack City talk. One of the best like hero meets the villain moments is when um, Ice T and um, Nino Brown. I cannot remember Ice T's character's name, but basically they're both in the club, and it's like Dougie Fresh, you're on, on, yes. on, 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 and then it hits the slow motion, and they look at each other, and it's like Batman and fucking Joker looking yes. at each other. They just walk off, and I'm like, this cool as hell. And then also like a bye baby. But anyway, oh, yeah. uh, it's like that's how you shoot, shoot a motherfucker in broad daylight. Mm-hmm. I got all the wrong messages from that. <laughs> my mom like was like, you watch this. It's gonna teach you something. I was like, he just blew that man's head off. That's fucked up. But anyways, um, <laughs> but yeah, I I got totally sidetracked. Okay, so yeah, he nuts up like Chris Rock in um, New Jack City. Yeah, and um, he goes to Jordan, and um, people are going to turn into this one in figure about the forty four hundred, and you're like twenty minutes in New Jack City. Um, right, and then he finally goes to Jordan, who is meeting with. Uh, the arms dealer, uh, Sean is there, and then like two of the goons, and um, he he's asking for help. And then the commercial, but basically in between when the com- he gets there and the commercial, and that's what they're holding a gun on his head. Yeah, because, which um, oh okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. No, I I another tangent. I listened to uh, this podcast called 16 Shots, mm-hmm. and it's and it's about the murder of Laquan McDonald by the Chicago Police Department. Um, it's a very informative, um, like 16, actually not even 16 parts, like it's, it's basically a series following the, the investigation, the trial, and the, um, you know, the eventual, you know, results. But, um, so when I I'm I'm triggered now when I see stuff yes. about like your know, cops pulling guns on black people or just a gun being held to any black. I was just like, okay, this is some bullshit. You know, yeah. this is yeah. So I I understand where you're going, but yeah, like I I watched this after um listening to the last episode of the podcast today. But um yeah. So anyways, it's so they so he reveals to Jordan that. His, he has he has this ability and Jordan yeah. straight up says to him like why did you come to me you know like I and then but he Jordan kind of you know he's manipulative but he, he cares a little bit because he's like you went to the government mm-hmm. and then and, and then the well he the, didn't go to them they, they picked they him came, up they basically took him yeah and then the cartoon character of an arms dealer says um He's like, if he's reading, he's like, you know, he said something that's so over the fucking top. Yeah. It's like, you, you don't want to know what's up in here. Yeah. You know, that's like, yes. like came from Mortal Kombat. And, um, and so at that, that point, that's when Ice-T and Judd Nelson, I'm sorry, that's when. Okay. Diana, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Tom, bitches. Tom, they jump out the van. And then, like, in my mind, what I wrote down was, like, everybody gets an action scene. Yeah. Um, he, um... I hated it. That, no, it was, it was funny because I like because Sean, Sean did that ability. Rogue. He, he used his ability. 
um, to pull down one of the guards. And then they cut to Tom and Diana running into the place. Mm. And my thing is, like, why aren't there more cops with them? Dad. Why it just the two of them? And why are you fighting these security guards? Like, if I... Dead hole. <laughs> I was I was done. I was done. It was it, it was funny because like you know at, like I said everybody gets a fight scene except Diana. Diana didn't get a fight scene. Well, like she um like Tom Tom manhandled one of the security guards. An Asian man. I'm yeah, and out they there. cut to um they cut to Tom. I mean they finally got upstairs. I guess to get my mind they fought like ten security guards. Mm-hmm. And um, didn't yeah, and and then when um, the government agents come in, you know, they come in. That's when Gary reveals that um, <laughs> I put down that they he was working with Ian or the the arms dealer to do a coup to basically start a coup in a um, third world country. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, planning a coup on a tiny island overseas, and they just wrote down Genosha. Yeah, so pretty much. Yeah, they were pretty much trying to build Genosha because um, they arrest the guy. I don't know if they arrest him, but they basically, as they're leading Gary out, um, Jordan straight up tells him, like, I could have, I would have, we could have done, we could have treated you better than they will. Mm-hmm. You know, and... Be careful what side you're on, yeah. Yeah, and you like pick, you know, pick your side because we could have, you know, there's a war. I don't think he says there's a war coming, but you got to choose side. Yeah, and after that, oh, you know what? Actually, I think I jumped ahead. No, with the scene. No, no with Richard, with the Richard scene. Yeah, but you, but you wrapped that up. That's why I didn't say anything because that was the last yeah. of them. But yeah, yeah. but that, it went from there back to intact where uh, homegirl. Um, Detective Stabler's boss, she's uh pretty much saying like, yeah, well, we're not done with him yet, and that, like I said, I was pissed off this whole episode. That yeah, Tom's stupid ass about you're gonna make a liar out of me. I told him that you know he we would help him and this and that, and I'm thinking y'all don't even have the technology to erase his powers. Like why? Why has that been a constant thing? Like, you are not able to do yeah. what you're saying. Sean probably can, but can he? Because that's a power. It's yeah. not an affliction. So, I was like, ugh, this is silly. Yeah. Well, there, yeah, and then what, what Jarvis says is that what happens when an NSA... When, okay, so whenever... Um, and emails... Whenever them. a 4400 explain, ex- displays a, an ability... Um, there's an alert that's sent out to all of the different agencies. Whoa. And the NSA, the National Security Administration, or agency, in, in case anybody doesn't know the acronym, <laughs> uh, they're... I, I always saw them as basically being like the code breakers. They're the people that tap your phones. They're the people that listen to conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and, you know, you know, Google search, You know, if you want to Google NSA, you can do it. Um, I wouldn't do that shit. Anyway, so um, they want him to. So they heard about his ability, Gary's ability, and they want him to listen in on some conversations. Um, And that's when Tom straight up says he would have been better off with Collier. Yeah. Jarvis saying anything. Like, Jarvis, that's the actual thing that I noticed is that when Tom, you know, whatever you want to call 
like righteous anger or hissy fit. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't. She doesn't say anything. Um, and the last thing that we hear as they're leading uh, Gary out to the car um, is like, "All I wanted to." He doesn't say that was isn't the last thing he says, but he says like, "All I wanted is to play ball." Mm-hmm. And um, and they lead him out. You know, he's led out to like I guess a an waiting SUV or whatever. Yeah. And then. You know, Tom tells Tom tells Diana. Tom says to Diana, "Do you want to go get a drink?" She's like, "Well, I don't drink." And he's like, "Well, I'm going to." And that's where the episode ends. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, and it's, it's sad. That's the ending. I was like, "God, maybe, I mean, Diana's just standing off in the parking lot, and he's just walking to his car." And Dude. I'm like. The good guys didn't win this. this the good time. guys are the villains, and the bad guys are the. This is the same way I felt about Riverdale. Like the show wants you to root for Archie, Veronica, Betty, and Jughead, but they end up doing horrible stuff. And because the show wants them to be the heroes, they try to gloss over that shit. And I, I can't like Tom. Yeah, your intentions were well, but you are a villain. You and well, not so much Diana. She didn't really say shit this episode. <laughs> She said, this is not about me. No, but y'all the villains. Like you said, he yeah. would have been in better care with Collier. Like, yeah. Collier would have at least sent his ass to an island. I mean, and in my mind, I, I, just the idea that Collier was about to pay for a coup to mm. take over, to install a government that would have been more you know, accommodating to him in the 4400. Like, I wish that had actually played out. Yeah. And we, we get like a bunch of 4400 on their own island. Because that, I mean, like you said, for those not familiar with um, X Men, there's an island nation called Genosha, which is essentially a safe haven for mutants. Mm-hmm. And um, it, you know, it, it's all, it plays a part in X Men, you know, in various storylines, but actually, even. X Men Dark Phoenix that's coming up. Um, Magneto in the trailers, he's staying at a like a I I see it as like a hippie commune, but yeah. it's like a it, they call it Genosha. So I don't know if it's an island, but they're still using that concept of like mutants living together away from the fuck shit of humans, you know. So that's what I I, I like that idea. Like you know, Jordan is trying to you know for whatever reason you know, get his own thing going, but, you know, they fucked that up, but, um, the only other thing about the episode that I wanted to mention was during this, when, uh, Isabel, you know, attacked Richard, and he, um, you know, he recuperated, um, after that, he put them in the front seat, and I'm just like, why is Lily riding with the baby on her, on, like, on her lap? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, they don't have no baby seat. (laughs) You would think. You bought them Pampers. Ugly ass. (laughs) Just like, damn. Um, You know, I was like, I don't think the laws were that lax back in the early 2000s. Absolutely not. They were not. That was a prisonable offense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was just something I noticed. I mean, you know, she can't survive a damn flying through the windshield of a car. Right. Um, But, yeah, yeah, I mean... yeah, but that that's the end of the episode. So I mean, any any final thoughts or like, mm. where do you, you want to take this? Not at all. I'm I'm just. It's hard being black in America, even in fictional America. It's just hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I would feel the exact same way if Gary's character had have been white. 
but him being black, like the optics, you gotta you, you gotta yeah. keep that in. I tried to like the degree of anger I had. I tried to knock it down a few notches because of the time that this show was made. But I'm still like, y'all have fucked up royally behind this man, and it, this is a mental disorder that he's dealing with. Well, maybe not mental disorder. This is something he's dealing with mentally that could have been avoided or could have been helped by the enemy. And you just, for your own selfish purposes, like, because to me, Collier is more of a hero or a neutral evil than Intact. Because you mean to tell me when the 4400, they are not safe if when they display an ability... Your first thought is to weaponize them. Have him sit in with meetings with other diplomats. Why would you do that? Like, I, I understand intellectually why you would do that. But why are you not, and I, I don't care what this sounds like, you know Maya has premonitions. Why is she off the record? And he right. ain't. So, mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm, I, I hated it. It was a good episode. I can, I can acknowledge that but the con some of the content oh I don't I don't well I mean and it also ties into you know this is is this the first episode where uh forty four hundred ability has been revealed that they don't try to tie it into the ripple effect. Yeah, I believe so. Cause yeah, this wasn't a yeah, I think that would have been difficult yeah. for them to continue that without having yeah. an end game. Um, and it and it would have sounded it seemed forced. I mean, I'm I'm okay with you know sometimes the this affects the ripple. You know, this affects the greater uh, calls that the future people are trying to do. And you know, sometimes it's a one off. But see, then that begs the question of you know why give these people abilities if they're not going to you know have an effect? I mean, and maybe it was just a random thing. Like eventually, he will have some type of effect, but mm-hmm. because you know the government now are function they 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 put a wrench into that you know yeah. to say that maybe he couldn't like read the mind of a person who was going to fuck over the earth in a big way and mm-hmm. tell somebody about it but now the government has them now they're you know especially with this being at the height of the war on terror they were definitely going to like use him for some nefarious you know black you know black ops type of stuff so like this, um, yeah, he was yeah, not in was, control. I'm just go ahead. I'm so annoyed. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, it just it just goes to. I mean, and we've seen this in you know plenty of um, you know TV shows, books, comics. I mean, it's a, it's a common trope. I mean, where you know when some and I believe this, the stuff would happen. I mean, if there were people who were walking around with you know supernatural or you know some type of abilities you know the government would try to use them yeah for whatever you know for whatever means possible um and i think that um you know sometimes you know people who handle you know those types of ideals can do it in like you know really good ways and it shows you know showing that the lengths to, to which you know, some governing bodies will, you know, mm-hmm. go to, to, um, you know, to use these folks. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely something that's been used before, but I, it's tragic. I mean, it's sad, you know, that, and especially in this guy's case where, 
you know, he just wanted nothing, you know, but to play baseball. His dream. Shit. So, yeah, baseball. Yeah, he, um, ugh, yeah, this, fuck this episode, man. <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, like I said, it definitely triggered on a lot of different levels. Yeah. You know, especially with him, but, you know, like I said, I, I just like the, you know, my thing is, and it goes back to what I love about the show is that, you know, you don't, you know, nobody's dressing up in spandex. Yeah. You know, they're, you know, everything's not black and white. There are shades of gray. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, people just simply want to, you know, live their lives to the best of their abilities. And, you know, in this case, they, they don't. Yeah. I don't know. I just hope he shows back up. I, yeah. I don't know if he will, but just, ugh, I hope he shows back up. I just, this can't be the end. This can't be shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who's your 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 favorite of this episode? Um you know, probably Sean. Okay. I, I think like it's funny because like we didn't see him as much. Um but I think the scenes where he he popped up mm-hmm. they were effective. Um, you know, like he had his little action scene. You know where he was just like, I don't give a fuck. I use my abilities. Right. <laughs> just drink, start drinking. And then you notice, like, we saw the effect of him draining the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, with his, his face like getting contorted or you know, an ashen face or whatever. Um, so that was cool. But yeah, I, you know, I I think he was my favorite of the episode because he's he's I like his growth. Yeah. I, you know, I like his growth and and uh, he ain't about to burn down an entire city with a fucking dragon out. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, even Sorry. after the bells go off, yeah. Yeah, the bells, no. Nah, somebody played Rock the Bells and she lost her shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, shit. But what, what about you? Who's your favorite of the episode? Uh, it's between Maya and Jean Grey. I mean, um, okay. Gary. Gary. And only because yeah. I like Sean. I, I like Kyle, actually, because I felt like in this episode... He was a kid. He acted yeah. like a kid. And even the things he was upset about, I felt were legitimate things to be upset about. Um, right. Damn. So, actually, I won't go with Maya. I'll, I'll, I have to go with Greg or with Gary. What the fuck? Gary. Whatever. Yeah, Gary. I got to go with Jean Grey. Gary Drake. Because you went, he was Gary never was. in control this entire episode, yeah. he other people were making decisions for him or manipulating him, and I just I hate that. But he he, he did it. You know, and the the messed up thing about it is he still did his job. Yeah, that's the he still like he, even as he was fighting off like a I can only imagine like a massive headache. Yes, um, he was just like you know this is what I was able to get even in the midst of having a gun held to his head. Even in the midst of seeing Sean use his abilities and like the tense nature of that entire uh, scene, mm-hmm. he still a sequence of events. He still got the information, yeah. and, th- and that was really cool how they did that. They didn't. You didn't hear like the Australian guys say, "We pay a thirty million, you know, right. overthrow an entire country." Like you, you, you just assumed that he was still using his abilities. Um, so yeah, he might actually him and and I'll. Him and Sean, him and Sean are the yeah. two okay. favorites because um, hey, I don't know, he's a tragic hero in this case. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
Uh, well, who who would be your least favorite then? Um, uh, Lily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. Mine is um, Isabel. <laughs> no. <laughs> Isabel, yeah. yeah Both Lily, of them. I mean, shit, we could, we call them the dynamic duo. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, Lily was my least favorite. Yeah. Um, I have to agree. She was yeah. two, two, the writers of this show, that privilege was showing because there ain't no way <laughs> you got somebody black in that writer's room who was okay with anything that Lily did this episode. Like, ugh. She's strange. Yeah. <laughs> Even more so than April, I think. I mean, April wasn't that great her damn self, but Lily took the cake. I'm sorry. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, April was just the typical, you know, black sheep, um, you know, sibling. Yeah. You know, that you'll see in, I mean, like a lot of different things. You know, yeah. She wasn't, you know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She wasn't stealing from the cash register. You know, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. that, and just, you know, making life miserable or much more difficult for a black her, person. Um, yeah, for, I mean, for her, you know, I sister and her daughter. I mean, mm-hmm. she, she just fucked up. I mean, she was just like, I want to teach a kid about Kurt Cobain. And I was like, no, you know. Yeah, me. she was a child. That was like, what? What are you. <laughs> yeah. Jesus like, Christ. I mean, shit, you know, I don't know if she should be listening to grunge music at the age. I mean, maybe she can. I mean, but, like, you know, don't tell her about Kurt Cobain. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> just say, hey, here's some music. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. God. Um, yeah, no, she, no, the Lily, and she seems to be taking that title for each of these episodes. And I'm like, yeah. man, was there ever a point where she, I got to start, I mean, I might have to listen to past episodes to, like, switch it up to see who <laughs> select somebody else nah yeah. it sucks yeah sick um, stupid oh yeah yeah I mean but that that's that's my least favorite mm-hmm. I mean did you did you give yours yes Lily her aunt Isabel okay, so <laughs> two for two shit two for two. um yeah what about a, a favorite scene then um this the first time that they met him um, that they met Gary. Bruh, that's my, okay. I'm gonna make mine different. That was mine, but I gotta make I, mine different. No, I, no, I can, I can choose a different. <laughs> no, one. no, I got, I got, <laughs> I got the, the that interrogation, not the interview when they didn't speak. That probably okay. that's my that's my favorite. <laughs> okay, okay, my new favorite. See, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gotcha. God damn, I don't know. Shit, any final thoughts about this shit show? Is racially um, tone deaf. Racially show? tone deaf. Um, it's um, you know, I don't. It was. I, I thought it was a decent episode. Um, and it just, you know, in this case, that the. I mean, shit. We do that in the first season. Yeah. The U.S. government is on some fuck shit, and mm-hmm. they just further, you know, exemplify, you know, why on. I mean, solidified why in this episode, and. You know, Jordan's deal ain't sounding too bad right about now. Mm-hmm. Like, he got a, he like, gives you a hot, a cot. You can get some schooling. Yeah. <laughs> he gets some fresh clothes. New friends, yeah. New friends, you know, they may be drinking the Kool-Aid, but, um, you know, they're further showing that, um, you know, things ain't about to be too hunky-dory between the U.S. government and the 4400. Yeah, so, yeah. 
Ooh, shit. I'm 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 excited for this next episode. I don't even know yeah. what the hell's going on. I don't I don't um because I'm watching this via Netflix, so I as soon as it gets to the credits for the episode we're discussing, I stop it immediately. I don't want okay. no type of spoilers until we get ready to record. So I'm just like, okay, what the fuck is happening next? Right. right. Yeah. Mm mm. Jesus. Well, the listeners, you let tweet us AL four four hundred. Let us know who's your favorite, who's your least favorite. This damn episode. Uh, if somebody likes Lily, I want to know your reasoning. Tweet me directly, carefree blur. Let me the fuck know, cause I'm not a friend. <laughs> Shit. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, man. <laughs> nah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I. It, Tie me into that thread. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody evil. Like, um, you know, side note, we, we found a Facebook group which was called Bring Back the 4400. Mm-hmm. And um, we got a. So there are still fans out there. Good, good. Um, yeah, there still are fans out there. Um, so we. I think we will do more outreach to see if we can get some more fans. But, you know, there's, they're working on a reboot. Yeah, we saw that, yeah. So, yeah, so um, in that case, I think everybody's going to be like in their early to mid-20s. Um, never mind, that's a whole other episode. Like, yeah. Like, in terms of a reboot. Um, I love that people are looking at the, you know, coming back to this concept. Yeah. But um, and as much as I love some of the CW shows, um, some of those shows fall into the whole... And I can't take credit for this because it was Mad TV that did this. I think it's called Pretty White People with Problems. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and that's what my concern with 4400 because, you know, there was a variety of like ages. Mm-hmm. You know, you had you know, some variety in the races. Uh, but the biggest thing was the age. Yeah. And I, I need in them not to just be, you know, the pretty white people. Yeah. With problems. Well, pretty, Black Lightning. Well, that is pretty black people, though. It ain't, you don't but get. That a, mean, but that's still the exception to the rule. Yeah. Because like each of those, each of the CW shows before that, not even talking about race. Like race is, you know, something that they have to to build upon, like with every damn subsequent show. But as far as the age, mm-hmm. like they, um, nah, they kept most of those shows like under <laughs> under thirty. Yeah, for sure. Like. A, Unless you were playing a parent or like a wise sage, yeah, black uh, sidekick. I love Diggle, but you know, and he's the only. You know, I I just there was definitely you know the ages of ageism thing or the demographic that they were shooting for. You know, with all of those shows. Um, so my that's my that's my biggest concern about any twenty four hundred reboots. Yeah. Uh, if it if they do it, I I I just love the the diversity or the variety in ages and and I don't think the race thing will be a problem because like you know it seems like inclusion is more of a thing now right uh, like that Hollywood wants to get behind because they're like well I guess we got to make money yeah with these black and brown people but <laughs> that that won't be an issue but it's just like I need some older people up in there yeah <laughs> so. and some that look older I don't need the Angela Bassett's yeah. In the, in the Sade's who are 106 but they look 34 like yeah give me some people who look like they're in their 40s and 50s and 60s <laughs> man yeah. 
Well, I'm a, I'm a huge Angela Bassett in 911 fan, so I'm she. You can bring her around as somebody who's <laughs> like 20 year old cousin. Right. Um, and if Sade wants to sing the um, the, the intro song, <laughs> the intro that'll be great. Bruh. <laughs> that would be great. I'm like that would be great. But yeah, that was the last bit of news that I heard about the 4400 reboot. So. Yeah. Um, so we'll see if it happens. We'll see. We'll see. Shit. Well, y'all listeners, thank y'all for taking the time out again for another week of listening to us rant and rave and praise this uh, under underserved science fiction show forty four hundred. Um, use that hashtag al four four hundred when you're listening to this episode. When you're live tweeting any uh, viewings, binges, or marathons of forty four hundred. Uh, tweet me, Carefree Blurred, um, and uh, Carefree Black Nerd on all other social media. <laughs> and we'll let them know where to find you, co-host. They can, um, well, everybody can find me at robertkjeffrey.com. That's robertkjeffrey.com. And you can link to my Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter uh, through that page. And also... Uh, for the best news or coverage in, you know, black speculative fiction, go to blacksci-fi.com. That's blacksci-fi.com. And uh, we got a bunch of different things on there. So yeah, just you know, come and you know, check us out. Yes, indeed. Those links will be in the show notes, of course. And um, the shit. Until next time, <laughs> stay carefree, stay nerdy. <laughs> Stay geeky, stay the fuck away from Intact, the government, anybody named Tom or Diana. Just stay away from all that shit. Yeah, stay away from the bright lights. Yeah. <laughs>